When we see three or more prospects involved into the sales process, and prospects, I mean different stakeholders and different functions within the company, our sales win rates increase by three to four X. Increasing close rates by three or four X is no joke. But is it really in your best interest to bring in multiple stakeholders into a deal? If you ask me, I see higher success rates when I'm focused on selling to one decision maker. And when I add more stakeholders, the deal can fall apart quickly. This could be prevented though, if you know how to get the stakeholders aligned. This might sound easy, but when you're in the sales process with air cover from marketing, doing social ads and a strong ABM strategy, and then you're teamed up with multiple AEs, BDRs, SDRs, it can get messy. But not for Narula, the VP of Sales Development at Sendoso. He's playing on a whole different level. Now that you're starting to see those ads, you're starting to get those messages from not only your AE, but also your BDR and SDR. It's all alignment, right? So it's like they're getting one cohesive message based on what the challenges they would we would want to solve for them. This is Dan McGaugh, CEO of the leading tech stack agency, McGaugh.io. Each week, I get to speak to executives to find out the strategies and tactics they're using to drive revenue. Sendoso is a SaaS company that helps drive revenue with personalized gifts like cookies, golf clubs, champagne, or really anything you can find on Amazon. They also offer e-gifts and virtual experiences that get your prospects' attention. For Narula, simply leading with a gift is the wrong approach. You need to think bigger than that, as just sending a gift can get you the meeting, but it won't get you the close. In today's episode, he's going to drop some heat on multi-threading your deals to win, give us some context clues on knowing the real difference between a BDR and an SDR, and share how his team is driving 3x win rates from Sendoso. Let's hop in. My name is Narula Sharifi. I'm the VP of Sales Development at Sendoso, where I get the privilege of being at the intersection of driving revenue and pipeline for Sendoso, as well as creating meaningful impact for folks' careers early on. And that's kind of what where I get my joy from. And I'm privileged to do that here at Sendoso. I love it, man. So it's interesting because like I'm a big fan of Sendoso. Like you do an amazing job. Tell us a little bit about like what Sendoso is, what does the platform do, things like that. Absolutely. So Sendoso is a sending platform where we try to break through the digital noise that exists today. Right, you get a million emails, your inbox is flooded, you get a million calls, your voicemail box is full. And so what we try to do is we try to connect marketers with audiences, sales with prospects and customers to create that human connection. And so you can really make that, you know, connection to, you know, people meaningful and personalized. And each of that step is something that we track ROI for for our customers today. I love it. Now, I think like for me, direct mail is like super rad. Like it's funny because like I'm obviously a digital guy. Like I run a podcast called The Stack, right? I talk about tech tools, but I'm like obsessed with companies that will direct mail me stuff. Like I mailed you a copy of my book, which I did through Sendoso, but like that just doesn't happen in the in the world anymore. Everybody's like, get it on Google Ads, and it's like, no, send me mail. Like I actually open that stuff. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we try to do at Sendoso. And I think if you look at the ROI that that actually provides. Uh, it actually is 64% more likely for a response, 64% more likely for someone to engage with you than it is if you're trying to send <laughs> an email and through a Marketo blast or try to cold call somebody out of the blue. 
Yeah, no, and I think it's spot on. And I love how you know the metrics too. You can totally tell you're on the business development side of it. You've got the stats down, ready to go. Oh, you got to. <laughs> you have to, right? Like you've got to be prepared. I mean, I've been in sales my entire life, basically. You've got to know your metrics, right? You can't just wing it. So now I, I'm really familiar with Sendoso and I'm super grateful for Sendoso. Uh, your your CEO, Chris, actually sponsors the my book being shipped to people. You got a copy of my book before this interview. And I'm super grateful for Sendoso. Like it, where branding is all on our stuff. So I'm curious though, like, when you think about the, the things that you send, right? Like, are they gifts? Are they like, how do y'all consider this? And like, what are the most commonly sent things? Like, what are people sending? Yeah, absolutely. So each send is really personalized. So you obviously understood me. You know that I like marketing technologies, technologies generally. Uh, I probably also wanted to make sure that I understood kind of some of the things that you're thinking through, right? I think that was a personalized gift for me to really make sure that I understand you know, you and kind of your philosophy, which was absolutely helpful for me. And I think that's kind of a thing that we provide, you know, customers today is how do you make that impression really personalized and meaningful that's breaking through the digital noise. So, you know, folks are getting really creative in what they're sending, right? They're sending wine bottles, they're sending, you know, really personalized bobbleheads, right? And I think what's great about Sendosa today is we have so much, so many vendors, and that it comes through our platform where we can you can send cookies. You, you know, you, uh, Cookie Dough was another vendor that you know uh, we were able to get launched pretty recently, and so it's really anything or everything that you would want to send to your prospect that's personalized to them. Whiskey kits, margarita kits, stuffed animals, right? Golf clubs, you name it. There's a lot of opportunities where you can uh, really create that you know impression and to surprise and delight your prospects in other ways that you wouldn't be able to. Now, I think there's a Chrome extension that is like connected to Sendoso. And then when that Chrome extension is used, if I'm not mistaken, you can like send anything from Amazon. Is that like real? Yeah, we can. So there's a Chrome extension. You can also go into Amazon, you know, confirm their uh, mailing address in there as well. So what the greatest thing too is like you push a button, right? And Sendoso will send you the gift, but the gift really is from you, right? It's, there's no Sendoso branding thing that says, hey, this is from Sendoso. It's like, hey, when you sent me that book, Dan, unless you told me that it was from Sendoso, which, which, Sendoso, which you did, I thought it was just from you, which is another amazing uh, kind of a way to continue to surprise and delight your prospects and customers. Love it, man. I love it. Now, in your role, like you're focused on business development. So I guess like how big is your team? Like help me better understand like what's the day-to-day? Yeah, absolutely. So we got a team of 30 SDRs today. And right now we're out there qualifying prospects as well as generating pipeline and having that pipeline then progress through the various sales processes to convert those prospects to customers. Uh, so we're really involved in all aspects of marketing campaigns, sales initiatives, enablement initiatives. You know, I, I think that sales development generally has evolved to be kind of at the center of the Venn diagram of sales operations, marketing and marketing operations, sales and sales enablement. And so that's kind of what we do here at Sendosa is we focus on all those different functions to make sure that we're not only enabling the team with the right messaging, but we're also aligning our incentive plans, our content with what's out there in terms of marketing, what we're hearing from our prospects as they continue to go through uh, the sales funnel, what we're hearing from our customers to go back in, right, to talk about, hey, here's some of the things that I think are going to be of value, uh, you know, to you, um, depending on kind of where you're at and which stage you're at in your company. So those are some of the things that we're focused on today. Is there anything different between a BDR team and an SDR team? Like, are they just the same thing? Yeah, Dan, great question. There's so much nomenclature, right? I've heard SDR, 
BDR, MDR, ADR, you know, account development representative, market development representative. The list goes on and on. I think it's kind of company uh, specific. We have SDRs focused on outbound prospecting. And so it's out there doing a lot of account research, prospect research, finding what's pers- what would be a good personalized gift to send to that prospect, right? And then here at Sendosa, we always have a BDR team. Well, we also have a BDR team that's business development representatives that are coming on and, and kind of making sure that we're qualifying our MQLs and things of that sort uh, for folks that are you know kind of hand raisers, if you will. Uh, so we have two teams here at Sendoso making sure that we're starting and generating good interest for, for our prospects. I want to jump in here and talk about two things. Let's talk about sending cookies to stoners, which I know we didn't talk about there. And then this mess about BDR, SDR, AJR, or really whatever you want to talk about there. Hopefully you caught my joke though. If not, maybe you are the stoner or maybe not. I don't know. Like I don't keep up with what the cool kids listen to nowadays. If you didn't get the joke about AJR. A few episodes back, I spoke to Annie Fleshman, VP of marketing at FlowHub, a POS system for cannabis dispensaries. And POS stands for point of sale. Don't get nasty. Annie is a legendary marketer, and I'm a huge fan of what she's doing to get those dispensaries to take a demo. We'll throw like donut parties for dispensaries that we're targeting. We'll send them cookies. Oh my gosh, you will not believe how successful cookie campaigns are when you're sending them to stoners. What Annie is doing is a perfect example of gifting and using direct mail to get your customer's attention. Seriously, gifting is a great way to get people's attention if done in a highly personalized way. Heck, we use gifting hardcore at magal.io. Since we're a high-end tech stack agency, we use a company called giftgoose.com and they send out custom engraved wine crates full of gifts for our clients. Gifting is a great thing to do if you know how to use it right and you can do it correctly, you're gonna kill it. Now let's move back to that SDR, BDR, and even PBR debacle. I mean, whoops, I think um, I got my BDR things mixed up with my college days. But seriously, these acronyms for sales go on forever. You have BDR, which stands for business development rep. You have SDR, that stands for sales development rep. You even have ADR, which stands for account development rep. And my favorite, PBR, professional brand representative. Okay, I made that last one up. We all know PBR stands for one of the world's best and worst beers, Paps Blue Ribbon. But you know, there is just so many acronyms for sales reps. It's just like marketing, or maybe I should say it is marketing. There is a three letter word for everything. But in reality, these three letter words mean different types of sales reps and they can mean different things for different companies. And it's important that you make sure you get that. Josh Allen, CRO of Owl Labs, had something different to say than Norula when it came to their BDR or SDR teams. Oftentimes, SDR and BDR get used interchangeably and lumped together. The way I would separate the definitions is an SDR or sales development rep you would typically find in a company that has inbound lead flow and you're looking for somebody who is doing like really deep, repeatable discovery and qualification of the leads that are coming in. What you're trying to get to on the marketing and sales side is consistency. So we have an SDR team that is responsible for essentially handling all of our inbound lead flow and then scheduling uh, the first call with the salesperson. A BDR is where you'd find more of an outbound prospector. So somebody who is doing targeted outreach, calling down a list, following up on old leads or things that are in the CRM. As you can see, the same word can mean different things at different companies. Point being, don't feel like you're the stupid one for asking, what does BDR mean at your organization? 
In your next team meeting, don't feel so bad asking the stupid question. Words, acronyms, and really anything can mean different things to different people at different companies. This is why I'm so good at saying, this might be a stupid question, can you tell me? Uh, and then fill in the blank with whatever your question, right? You have to be able to ask the questions because things don't always mean the same thing everywhere you go. All right, well, that's enough of me. Let's get back to Norula and the things that he's doing. When you think about your position, right, and your teams as an example, like what are the big KPIs and goals that you're aiming towards this year? Yeah, absolutely. So it all comes down to pipeline, right? Uh, you know, we got to generate pipeline uh, to make sure that, you know, the pipeline dollar amount as well as the record count is going to be enough for then the sales teams to take to closure. Uh, obviously, you apply certain assumptions in terms of win rates, sales cycles, things of that sort that you see in terms of historicals. That's going to be key. So that's first and foremost. Aside from that, you know, as I have seen and you know, being in sales development leadership for over seven years now, Dan, it's kind of evolved over the past, I would say, two, three, maybe four years to also pipeline progression. So it's not just, hey, how do you, you know, kind of generate pipeline, get a contact at a company to be interested in what you know, software you would provide and then move on to the next one. It's also, hey, how do you start to generate interest more org-wide at that company? So I'll give you an example. Hey, we generate interest at a VP of sales at a company, um, which is great. That's now an open opportunity for a sales rep to then try to take the closure. But it's also, hey, how do we start getting multi-threaded? How do we start getting the VP of marketing to really understand the value and to see if they use our sending platform, how valuable it will be to drive ROI to hit some of their own personal goals and KPIs. Um, so those are kind of the two big things and KPIs that I'm measuring. The way we do that here for our team is, of the calls that we're making, how many calls are over 90 seconds? That tells me that you know there's qualification happening. What are our email response rates? Are we sending emails that are just kind of your spray and pray, which we want to definitely get away from? And so it's more so, hey, the response rates of, hey, somebody responded to an email, somebody responded to our outreach uh, and started having those conversations that way. And it's also sends, right? We want to make sure that the things that we're sending is going to be able to help us convert. And what's great about Sendoso is it has that direct connection with Salesforce, which gives you that ROI right, right then and there. You know, gives you that ability to kind of see, hey, what's the what is the return on investment whenever I am sending this gift to this prospect? And we also track that uh, pretty rigorously. So those are kind of the secondary metrics, if you will, that we're looking at uh, as an SDR org. You were talking about pipeline generation in essence, like pipeline revenue, pipeline count, and then also pipeline progression. You know, with these metrics, when you think about, I know you talked about some of the secondary metrics, but what are the big projects that, like, since you've been working at, you've been at Sendoso since April. So, I mean, you've had to run some recent projects. Like, what are the top three projects you've been running to really, like, push the needle on those? Yeah, absolutely. One of them I kind of touched on briefly uh, was kind of leading with value, right? As I mentioned, in these macroeconomic times, we have to make sure that we really understand what the customer is going through or what the prospect is going through and what value we would provide them based on what they would be going through. So I'll give you an example. Someone in marketing has got certain goals that they need to achieve that might be a little different from what somebody in sales would have to achieve, right? They might be correlated, but they might be separate. So we really want to lead with value 
And before I got to Sendoso, we were leading with gifting. And so a lot of times it was some of those, unfortunately, it was some of those scenarios where we would send someone something that wasn't surprising, delighting them, something that wasn't hitting the mark on what they would want to get. And so we took a really hard look at some of our metrics um, and said, hey, at the end of the day, this is not going to be able to drive the right types of value for our prospects to be converting to customers. So instead of leading with gifting, we're leading with value. And then obviously still have the gifting component, the sending component as part of our outreach strategy. We're a sending platform. We want to make sure that our prospects kind of see the value that, and kind of preview what we can do for them. So that's still in there, but it's leading with value. That's kind of one of the first projects. Dan, the second was really trying to figure out a way to multi-thread, right? So now that we've got good amount of opportunities that are qualified, it's, hey, how do we start to get multiple different stakeholders involved early on in the process to build that trust and credibility, right? And I think this is where I think my team has done uh, you know, truly a tremendous job of partnering with sales, partnering with marketing to say, hey, look, what are the campaigns that we're running today that's going to help us bring on an additional stakeholder early on in the process? You know, this, the, some of the metrics that we see when, you know, I think this is kind of sales-wide, but here specifically at Sendoso, when we see three or more prospects involved into the sales process, and prospects, I mean different stakeholders and different functions within the company, our sales win rates increase by three to four X, which is outstanding, right? So how do you start to continue to do that? And using Sendoso as a, as a way to do that is something that we're piloting right now um, in its initial stages, but we're seeing really good success metrics in that multi-threading strategy. Now, going back to the first one, you had talked about, it sounds like you're doing outbound, right? And you're, you're reaching out to people. And originally you had gifting as like kind of the value prop. And then you were like, hey, that's not really driving value. You started looking at the metrics. But I guess like, I'm curious, like when you think about running that program, like are these all email focus? Is it phone call focus? Like are you using an outbound tool to be able to do this and run testing? Absolutely. So we're using for our sequencing, we're using outreach. Outreach is great because it allows you to kind of see, you know, not only the high-level metrics of click weights, reply rates, but it also gets you to see, you know, what's going on uh, with the email messaging, um, what the reply rates that you would that you would you know want to see. Um, so it gives you that a high-level view, and the analytics are great. And so for outbounding, we're using outreach and sequencing. We're also using um, Chili Piper for any you know marketing campaigns that are coming on through inbound. SDRs are using them as well. We're also using LinkedIn Sales Navigator and Zoom Info. That's kind of that's really key for us right now to really drive that account research and account personalization as well as prospect personalization. Right. We're also using those two you know to touch on kind of the multi-threading piece. Uh, Sales Nav does a fantastic job to do team link to help you see who's who at that company, who who are you connected with in your network that could provide that warmer intro. And obviously, Sendoso's big for us. It's every step of each sequence is ascending. Um, so those are kind of the the texts that we're using to help us drive that value. Now, when you think about like changing the messaging, right? So you said you went from gifting to now you're more value focused, right? So can you help me better understand like how you all came to that conclusion and then how you've kind of rolled that out? Yeah, so we came to the conclusion, as I mentioned, we were looking at the metrics, right? So what would happen is, hey, I got this gift. Um, it's not really personalized to me, uh, but I'm thankful that I got it. So I guess I'll just take the meeting. And so they take the meeting and it's kind of, in my opinion, a BS metric, right? Because it's like they took the meeting, but they're not really engaged because we haven't led with value. So it's almost, we're making our work now double by not only trying to 
you know, get them to be interested, but also try to find pain and try to demonstrate value that we'd provide them, right? So instead, where it's like, hey, look, we're going to try to lead with value. Uh, oh, and by the way, whenever we would do those, we'd create opportunities, but they would just get closed lost immediately, right, Dan? Because it's like, hey, look, we got the opportunity created, and then the person, the person got their gift, they got their AirPods, right? And they're like, okay, cool, like, nah, I'm not really interested because we didn't demonstrate value that we can provide them, and we didn't understand their pain points. And so now it's like, hey, look, you're a particular persona. When we talk to personas like you, they tell us this, and you're probably running through the same thing, right? So it's like, let's start having that conversation and understanding what's going on in your world, and then we can show you how sending and Sendosa particularly is going to help you with that, whether it's breaking through the digital noise, whether it's surprising, delighting your prospect and customers, where it's kind of being that, you know, connective tissue for you to really become, you know, relationship driven professional, right? Because that's kind of why people buy, in my opinion, uh, if you're able to do those things, right? You know, the, the meeting then holds and not only holds, but then becomes qualified and kind of progresses through the sales stages. So if, if I hear that correct, right, in the beginning, right, people were doing the meeting just because they were reciprocating, right? Like a normal human psychology is like, oh, I got a gift. I got to say thank you. I've got to show up now. So people are just doing the meeting and you're getting a lot of closed losses. But now what you're doing is you're saying, hey, listen, there's value to what we're doing and there's value to these other things. We're going to send you a gift as well. So it's still going to help push along the process, but we're actually going to focus on what value we're going to provide you first compared to just like this hack of getting people to respond. That's exactly right. And I think that's something that what well, kind of one of the first things I did when I got here, Dan, is like took a look at those metrics and hey, why, why are we closed losting so many opportunities so early on? Oh, got it. It's because, <laughs> because we're sending first. So obviously you're a metrics guy, which is super, super helpful. So like I know you had to look at the numbers. I, I guess like once you went to this value-driven approach compared to just like, hey, we gave you a gift, what were the results that you saw? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first results that we saw was uh, prospects were very keen to have conversations with us, the ones that responded. They were like, okay, hey, I actually am running through this challenge. So we were able to really get uh, the opportunity to talk with our prospects and lead with our value. Uh, and so the response rates initially were lower, right? Because we changed our whole messaging, but the acceptance rate in terms of them becoming a qualified opportunity and then progressing through the sales funnel were a lot. And so that's the first thing that we saw was like, hey, look, we're actually not getting that many responses yet, but the responses that we're getting, they're like really excited and they want to learn more and they're not just tire kickers. And so I pushed the pendulum all the way, right? I pushed the pendulum all the way to say, hey, look, we're not going to lead with gifting. We're only going to be targeting folks that are truly our ICP. Um, and so this kind of made, forced the team to do a lot of account research, forced the team to do a lot of you know, personalization upfront, which was kind of a little bit opposite with what we were doing. And so that was great to see. But now I feel like over the past month or so, Dan, we've achieved that happy medium where it's not only the hyper-personalization, which is very manual, right? You have to go out and you have to do account research. You have to find, you know, some points you're, you know, browsing through 10Ks, trying to understand kind of what the company is trying to do. You're going through several LinkedIn profiles to try to glean through certain things that you could send uh, or certain personalization aspects that you could throw in. And we want, now we're really at the middle of doing that plus the volume approach to not be spraying and praying by no means, but trying to make sure that we're still having a persona-based outreach. Um, so it's personalization-based, right? So it's like, hey, I'm going to reach out to this particular contact at this particular company uh, saying X, Y, Z that's going to be relevant to them. And I'm also going to say, 
generally VP of sales run through these challenges. Um, so we're making sure that we have that approach um, to help us, you know, progress pipeline. Well, it sounds like you're doing awesome there. So, you know, I'm curious though, you had mentioned earlier, so this gifting to value switch has been really, really successful. Now, earlier you had mentioned one of the projects that you're running is this multi-threading. So it sounds like gifting and value change is like really, really top of the funnel process. But how is this multi-threading like layering onto that and then making this even more effective? What are you doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So with multi-threading, what we're doing, as I mentioned, we're partnering very close with sales and with marketing, right? To say, hey, look, these are qualified opportunities. So they're already in account executives' names and they're open opportunities for the account executives to take to closure. And so there's certain contact associated with each opportunity that the sales team is going to continue to pursue. But here's an opportunity for our team to come on to say, hey, look, you know, you're talking to somebody in sales. You know, let's go talk to somebody in marketing. Uh, you're talking to somebody in marketing, let's go talk to somebody in sales. Or hey, you're talking to somebody who is perhaps an influencer, right? And they're, they're interested in kind of what's going on. Uh, let's go talk to a VP of marketing to help us get that budget to be, you know, be that economic buyer for us. And so that's something that's like really big and that, that we've partnered on. And it really goes back to kind of this demand generation strategy, right? You always have to generate demand. You have always got to qualify your prospects. You always have to figure out a way to what's driving them, what's top of mind for them. Um, and if you're able to bring on multiple stakeholders involved, this is where Sendosa, you know, thrives, right? It thrives to, as I mentioned, connecting marketers with audiences, right? And connecting sales with prospects and customers. And so whenever you bring on multiple people, especially early on, that helps us. And so our team is you know, working very closely with, with those two functions uh, to ensure that we're giving them the right messaging at the right time that's actually relevant to them and throwing and sending along the way. Now, when you, one of the things I'm interested about, you know, you bring up this multi-threading. So like, hey, listen, sales has got the VP of sales on the hook, but we're then also going to get the VP of marketing, the VP of customer success. We're going to multi-thread this through other people. Is it LinkedIn Navigator that you're using to ultimately understand like who else you need to bring into the thread? I know you had mentioned Zoom Info earlier. So I guess like, how are you multi-threading that? Yeah, it's all of the above. Uh, it's kind of what's in our Salesforce today. Uh, some of these uh, opportunities already have We've already perhaps have a conversation with them, right? So it's taking a look at what's in Salesforce to make sure that we've got the right kind of first party data, if you will, data that we ourselves put in our uh, system of record. Uh, and then it's also Zoom Info. Hey, has the org chart changed, right? From the last time we talked to them, maybe there's someone else new coming on. Let's go take a look at that person on LinkedIn Sales Navigator to see either throughout our advisor network or through our own team link of folks that work with us that perhaps know someone at that company, how do we start making that intro a little bit warm, warmer? Uh, additionally, it's also, hey, look, outside of the advisors, it's, hey, maybe they used Sendosa at their previous company, and now they're at this company that we're targeting, and so they probably already have a general idea of what we do and how we provide value. So it's a lot of that as well, right? So, you know, marketers, you know, we had the great resignation, right? <laughs> or the great reshuffle, depending on what, who you're talking to. Um, and so the reshuffle happened, and so that, that's really valuable for us too, to say, hey, look, you know, you used, you used this platform before, let's try to make sure that uh, you can use it at your current company. So that, that's big for us too, is you know, how do we start leveraging not only our uh, advisors, but also our, our past um, customers. Multi-threading is an interesting tactic. It's something that Narula mentioned and keeps making me think about the book called The Challenger Customer. It's all about how you win deals at big companies with multiple stakeholders. 
Written by the same guys who wrote the book, The Challenger Sale, one of the greatest books of all time, The Challenger Customer is a must read for sales reps, marketers, and really anybody who cares about growing their business. Victor Antonio did a review of the book on his YouTube channel, and he talked about some of the main points from the book that you have to do when you're thinking about multi-threading so you don't screw it up. If you go back to, let's say, 1980, even 1990s and early 2000s when things are going well, you know, you can find one decision maker to make one decision to buy or not buy. But today, post-crash 2007 through 2009, the economy has tightened up. Money has tightened up. And because of that, people are, are afraid to make hard decisions. So what's happening now are two things is that the number of people required to make a decision is increasing. In the book, they talk about how on average, 5.4 people are now involved in a decision-making process. The problem, well, if you're talking to one person, one-on-one, you and I, then I can probably close a deal 80% of the time. But when five or six people get involved, all of a sudden my probability of closing that deal falls to 30, maybe even 35%. What the book talks about is how do we overcome that? If now we have to deal with more stakeholders, more decision makers, how do we do that? And here in the book, they talked about how to craft commercial insight. And it walks you through what I call a very flowchart-like process so you can determine what you need to say to get everybody on board. The approach is really simple but yet complex. Simple in its idea, complex in its implementation. What the book suggests is that you find out what these five people, what are their priorities, what are their goals, and then find where they overlap, and that's where you begin. The book has great data-backed insights, and I highly recommend meeting it. It took my firm from selling five-figure deals to selling six-figure deals with no problem. In my opinion, not nearly enough marketers are reading it. I put a link to the book and the summary from Victor in the show notes, so just check those things out and you'll find it right away. Now let's get back to Narula. So how are you aligning sales and marketing, and how is this helping with uh, the progression of the pipeline? Yeah, absolutely. So pipeline progression uh, at a high level is progressing the opportunity from qualification, right, to closed one and every step in, in between. You know, multiple different companies have a sales process and a sales methodology that they kind of subscribe to in terms of stage entry and ex- exit gates, right? So if you're in stage one, what does it mean in order to get out of stage one to get to stage two? What does that mean? You know, at stage three, stage four, maybe do nothing is off the table. They've got budget alignment. Um, and so for us, you know, we want to make sure that like the content that we're sending, the campaigns that we're running uh, with marketing are aligning to what the pipeline is for our AEs, right? So it's like, hey, we've got an opportunity to, you know, really get specific with our accounts and contexts that are currently in pipeline. And maybe they're bucketed as, hey, they need to see more ROI or they need to understand maybe this is their first uh, foray into sending. Uh, maybe this is something, an opportunity for them to really see that uh, sending does deliver and deliver results for them, right? So we start to bucket certain components for our prospects that are in pipeline and start to give them that content regularly. Hey, you know, this, this is kind of what you know, we've heard from you and now they're seeing it and, and this is going to kind of our, the third thing that I'm trying to work on, which is the multi-touch attribution model. It's like, hey, now that you're, you're starting to see those ads, you're starting to get those messages from not only your AE, but also your BDR and SDR and it's all alignment, right? So it's like they're getting one cohesive message based on what the challenges they would, we would want to solve for them. Um, and that's kind of key for us as we're starting to make sure that the marketing and sales having a unified message. 
Now, what is the what are the tools you're using today to kind of orchestrate that messaging and get that out into the market? Because like you've got a, an SDR who does an outbound, you got a BDR who then maybe talks to them a little bit later, and then you've got a salesperson. So they're going through that pipeline. But I guess like how are you orchestrating those messages today? Like I know your team's in outreach, but I guess like from a marketing perspective, they're trying to enable you or give you air cover. What are they doing or what are they using to do that? You know, a lot of times they're using Marketo, you know, creating audiences. You know, for us, the purview that we have is all through kind of Salesforce campaigns, right? So they're creating a lot of, you know, campaign instances for us to kind of see, you know, where each contact is at. Uh, or additional contact that we want to pursue to add to that multi-threading opportunity, you know where they're at in terms of you know have they clicked on kind of some of the things, have they opened, replied, et cetera, et cetera, and that's kind of something key for us to kind of track and manage. But you know even more so for us right now, it's just opening those dialogues and breaking down those silos. You know a lot of times if you kind of take a look at you know why you know particular ABM programs don't um, get launched, it's because marketing and sales are not in alignment. I think Topo did a study back in 2019 and they found that was the majority of the reason why ABM programs don't work. And so for us right now, because we're at the stage while we're trying to do that change management is getting everybody aligned. And that's something that's key for us. And, and yeah, absolutely, the tools are going to be and the stack's going to be unbelievably important for us. And we can't wait to leverage those. But at this stage we're at for uh, multi-touch attribution, it's just making sure that everybody's in alignment. Now, you, when you talk about multi-touch attribution, are you using anything to manage that or is it all just Salesforce campaigns or is there like a, a visible or something like that that's in the mix? I think right now there's uh, Salesforce, definitely Marketo. You know, we're also using you know, Sixth Sense is going to be key for us to kind of help with account. You know, when you look at ABM and multi-touch attribution, you have to make sure that you're targeting the right accounts, right? Um, and so... Those are some of the the technologies that we're using today to help us, and we're in those constantly. I love it. Now, I'm I'm interested. To, so you've done a great job talking a little bit about like the company and as well as the goals you've had. You know, you've been very fortunate to you've been in the SDR BDR space for ten years, but you were also a recruiter before you got into that stuff. I mean, when you think about like from your perspective, like what are some of the ways you would tell other sales leaders or even other marketers how they can optimize their stack or any tips or tricks you have about like building a stack? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that um, is, was key for me is in the space that I'm in, like I have to be in tune with all the technologies because not only do I have to use them and be well-versed in them, but I have to make sure that my team can use them and we're tracking them appropriately, right? For me, it's training the trainer in this position that I'm in. I have to train somebody to train, then they train somebody and the kind of list goes on. So the things that, the, the stack that I would, the philosophy is like try to go and get a tech stack that's going to be an opportunity for you to learn quickly and enable the team quickly as well. That's kind of the philosophy generally. And the secondary is like, okay, now that you've got that philosophy down, that's going to allow you to enable the team quickly and faster, aligning on certain KPIs and metrics, and then going out and making sure that those that tech allows you to do what you're trying to do, right? So it's like, hey, does this align in our tech? Does this give us the metric that we're looking for in terms of analytics, or does it help us run reports that's going to give us what we need? And that's why I love starting the tech stack, in, in my experience, with Salesforce, because Salesforce, you can slice and dice multiple different iterations of your data with reporting, and then you can take it even a step further by using Atrium that you know manages um, that, and you have 80,000 now iterations or more of you know the data that you would use in Salesforce in the first place. So it's really helping now the sales managers 
kind of go into their one-on-ones with the you know data-driven performance, right? Because that's going to be key going back to philosophy. You've also got to make sure that in my world, you have an outbound tool or a sales automation tool like an outreach that's going to be key for you because you're going to have to create sequences or cadences that's going to be key for your sales team to kind of go in and not only have that personalization, but matching personalization with volume. There's also key tools right now that are coming out because everybody's in this remote world on collaboration tools. So how do you figure out a way to get the team still buzzing? And so we're looking at a few collaboration tools right now to help us not only in the sales teams but also Sendoso wide. We want to you know we want to f- feel that office culture. Um, and so we're looking at some tools right now that are going to help us do that. So that's kind of my approach to the tech stack and uh, the tools that I would use and have used and are using now. Now, when you think about the future, right? So, like, you're doing some pretty cool stuff. You work at one of the pioneers in the space, which is super rad. What do you think is in the future when it comes down to all these the tools in the stack? Like, how do you think we're going to evolve over the next ten years? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question. I think the um, the way we're going to continue to evolve is making sure that you know there aren't any silos in the tech stacks, right? So it's like, and I think there's some tools today that help. Uh, in terms of APIs connecting the, the some of the applications today, but I think that would only continue to happen to in a world where you know everybody's remote and everybody's kind of working you know at home by themselves. Is how do you start figuring out a way of connecting some of those tech stacks to what you would be doing, even if you're not you know using it, so you can actually see the value that it provides or um, how you could potentially use it uh, in your function. I think that's something that we might be heading toward. I think it's awesome. This has been a lot of fun. So thanks for taking the time to be able to meet with me, Narula. This has been awesome. Uh, And thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Narula had some great stuff, and I'm a big fan of Sendoso. If you want to see how their tech stack works, you can get a free copy of my book at buildcoolshit.com, and it's going to be shipped to you by Sendoso. But let's talk about some of the takeaways. First, when going down the direct mail route, which I'm a huge fan of, you can't half-ass it. Knowing your customer and maximizing their value is what will inevitably get you their interest. Sending something out so they feel obligated to have a meeting with you when it has no real connection to your service or product is a waste of everyone's time and capital. You need to lead with delivering value in a personalized way, not just delivering growth hacks. Second, we talked about multi-threading, the strategy that helps build momentum to ensure your deal doesn't fall through. Be careful though, because multi-threading can help you get attention, but it can also get too many stakeholders involved, and if you don't get them aligned quickly, you could screw the pooch before you know it. Don't forget to check out the book, Challenger Customer. It's in the show notes. Finally, Narulan mentioned his focus on multi-touch attribution. They're making sure they know how and where the deals come from and how and where they close. Between Salesforce campaigns, Marketo tracking, and SixthSense, they're doing their best to triangulate where revenue is coming from. If you want to get serious with multi-touch attribution, go check out utm.io. It will help you get your campaign tracking in order to ensure you have clean data. Well, that's going to be all for today. But before you go, write a review about the podcast and join our other listeners by sharing how you feel we're doing. And if you're really excited, hit me up on LinkedIn and join our growing community of podcast advisors. I'll see you next week, okay? Thanks for joining the stack. 